Hello, I'm George and I'm Claire and we're we're blathering on. Hello and welcome back to the Blabbering On podcast. Woo! This is episode four. Uh, yeah, woohoo! Again. Um, yes, yeah, so this episode is all about theatre. Um, as we said last episode. So, I, yeah, I, I guess we should just dive into it, shouldn't we? We should do, yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, where do you want to start? Because we've got we've got a few more bits than we did last time with animation. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, well, fit is something that um, we enjoy quite a bit. So I mean, you know, we. Um, I mean, we do I, go I think quite often. If we okay, so I mean, like we said in the first episode, we haven't seen a ton of theatre this year or last year. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, this year we couldn't because of the uh, coronavirus. Um. Ah, you know, um, damn you! I think we were planning to, weren't we? But it just didn't work. Yeah, out. I mean, we did have a lot of gigs lined up this year, so I don't know. Probably towards the end of the year, we might have uh, done more. Um, but we have. I mean, to be fair, we have seen a lot of stream stuff this year. We didn't. We see, have. We didn't see a ton of um, theatre last year. Um, so it's been really nice, sort of getting back to that. I think this year. Yeah. Um, but for a long time, we have seen a, a lot of theatre. We, we love going to plays. I mean, um, obviously... Yeah, when we say theatre, I mean, we mean um, sort of... We do we do watch some musicals and that, but we do really enjoy plays, don't we? Yes. Um, and um, when we can't get to, to London to see a play, um, for example, when my car's broken down... Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll I go think, to the cinema. <laughs> I mean, I think that's sort of the thing with, uh, like we were talking about, with accessibility. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of other things, but like for us, obviously, we don't live near London. Um, we can drive up, you know, it's about yeah. two hour drive, I think, isn't it? Is yeah, it two so hours? something like that. Like two, two and a half hours, something, yeah. something like that, yeah. Um, so, you know, so, say two hours just to, just to be, you know, easy. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, you've had a broken down car because we had a really terrible car at one point, didn't we? Well, you know, it became really terrible after years yeah. of use because it was an old car. And it was like, oh, you know, And I mean, it there. was going backwards and forwards to London quite a bit because we should, you know, we should say that, you know, a lot of, a lot of the reason that we, we were going backwards and forwards to London was because, uh, you know, of hospital visits and things like that. Yeah, so, I, I had to go know. to hospital, yeah, quite a bit. Not, not, well, I mean, you know. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, I mean, that was... You alright? Yeah, my ankle just clicked. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great, in the middle of recording, just you, your face like... Ah! But silently. Frozen mask of... <laughs> my frozen mask of pain. <coughs> it's, it's like the uh, the theatre, the two masks. Joy and pain. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Agony! <laughs> but the most recent play we watched, which was uh, yesterday, but also a musical, I should say it, that. Yeah, was a musical. It was the, was the Green, Green Man. Man. Um, we should also point out this was the um, Old Vic at, Bristol Old Vic at home, isn't it? Yeah, so so basically, um, as I mentioned um, in, in our one. Yeah, in our introductory I, I want to bring this up again, just so in case, you know. Yeah. 
Um, the Bristol Old Vic has a season pass available and um, so I can tell you actually all the different productions that are available. So yeah. it's Grinning Man, uh, The Night That Autumn Turned to Winter, A Christmas Carol, Messiah and Swallows and Amazons. Um, so don't know hardly anything about The Night That Autumn Turned to Winter to be fair. Uh, that's a new one on me so I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, Christmas Carol, obviously, a classic. Yes. Um, around this time of year, there's a lot of productions of Christmas Carol happening. And well, Messiah probably... is, is uh, that sounds like a, like a sort of classical one. And Swallows and Amazons, I mean, great sort of all-round family fun. Yes, which we haven't watched. We should say we haven't watched that we just i mean obviously it's uh you know yeah we, we the only one we've watched so far is the grinning man um bristol old vic though they did this is like season two of their streaming at home so it during the first lockdown um you could actually watch the grinning man was one of them um but they basically put everything up on youtube mm. um so that it was basically free yeah because you've seen the grinning man already but on youtube but you didn't see yeah. it properly did you i think you no were i was working. at work and i just had it on and and i was like yep really enjoying it mm. a lot it's it's quite sort of um it's a darkly comic sort of musical yeah i think we were really sort of fairy tale based yeah, we, were, we were discussing that it's yeah very much like a fairy tale so in this series we should say that there's going to be some things where we uh, don't like something, or I, I don't like something. Yeah. We will talk about the things that we don't enjoy much. Uh, for me, I was not that keen on The Grinning Man when I watched no. it. I and was... I loved it. Yes. I thought it was amazing. Um, I don't hate The Grinning Man. It's not something that I am like, oh, God, it's terrible or anything. It's very well done. I should sort of... Uh, actually talk about the play it's, uh, or the musical itself. Um, yeah, I mean, so... Do you want to sort of give a basic overview of what it's about? Yeah, of course. So, so, um, so the story of The Grinning Man is um, that it, it sort of starts out and there's a clown and he begins the tale and it's basically this little child and um, there's some puppetry in this production um, which is always really enjoyable because the puppetry is, is just just a really interesting element, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So they're, they're sort of telling the story of this child who um, is like 10 years old. Um, um, he, so, okay, so, so basically, because um, you're sort of trying to talk about the beginning, let's sort yeah. of, let's actually, so yeah, it starts out with this clown and he's sort of telling the story of this um, city. I mean, obviously... Uh, so it's like you've got these miserable king and, and this family. That's you? right, yeah. And it's basically the story of this... In this horrific place called Bristol. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Um, so, so you've got these these people and it's... So you've got stuff set um, at the present when this clown is talking about it. And then also you've got sort of like... Kind of like flashback. It's like they're telling the story of what happened before... Um, everything that's happening now sort of thing. That's right, yeah. So, so the king, I mean, you've, the king you've, dies and... Um, yeah, and so you've got... So you've got a couple of different groups of people. You've got the king and his family with the clown, who is like their sort of yeah, he's servant Yeah, he's got three children who are all kind of... Um, you know, they're, they're very much... 
uh, into their own things, Thing, yeah. aren't they? Uh, you've then got uh, this other family um, who... Who are found family. Yeah, because who's a, there's, basically there's, a found family. Yeah, there's, um, a, there's a fella and he basically adopted these two children. So, so you've, got, you've got one who is blind. Yep. Um, and there's sort of a Daya. History, yeah, Daya, and then you've got one who has is the grinning man. Yeah. So he's had this his... cut that makes it look like he's always grinning, basically. Yeah, and um, he's called Grimpain. Grimpain, exactly. Um, yeah. So basically, Grimpain actually. Well, he he's given that name because he's like found, because that's the whole idea of the found family sort of thing. He's yeah. found by this guy or whatever. So so basically, I think his name is actually Gwynplain or something like that. I'm so pretty it's, sure it's Grimpain, but it might be Gwynplain. I don't know. No, it no, doesn't... no. I mean, so so he's known as Grimpain. Oh, Grimpain. Right. I think his actual name sort of it, it sounds like that. That they just, um, I think that's right. Anyway, um, anyway, he finds um, Dea, and she is, you know, just a newborn baby um, in her mother's arms. But her mother has died, mm. so he he basically saves her. And then he's they... also been in a terrible situation as well. Or... Well, yeah, he's been in a terrible situation. Which so we I mean, won't you know, this is about, this yeah. is a really, you know, it's a really terrible beginning for both of them and then they come across uh this old man who, who anyway so you've got in. you've got that who has like that's the past storyline so we won't delve too much into that because that is part of the past storyline that they yeah. tell in it um but the main storyline is basically uh, years later they come back to uh bristol this family to perform Yes, yeah, because they perform at the fair, the local fair. At the local fair, and Which one of one of the king's sees, children, one of the king's David. children, yeah, David sees. Yeah, and it basically uh, begins this series of events that changes everything, um, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of where I I wouldn't really want to reveal any more because I feel like that would be giving too much away for anyone that does want to watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, because the thing is, I didn't. Love it. I didn't particularly... I, I will get on to my actual thoughts about it. But I do think it's a really good production. And if, you know, you think it sounds something that you'd like, definitely go and watch it. Because I... I mean, uh, you obviously really enjoyed it. So it's just, you know... Yeah, I loved it. I, yeah, absolutely. I thought the music was fantastic and uh, would probably listen to it on Spotify. Yes. Get a new 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 one on there um and i mean so for me personally with it um it just didn't really ever click with me um there's nothing particularly like there was nothing i can really sort of point out and say oh that was i didn't like that really it's one of those things that just never really uh clicked with me it didn't you know it didn't really it do didn't anything just grab me. your imagination. Uh, I was, we were sort of Especially talking about this, weren't we, the other day? Because yeah. I was thinking, well, you know, maybe it's because you weren't ever like um, majorly into like fairy tales because it is a very dark sort of fairy tale ish feel to it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't really think so. I don't think that is like the cause of the problem. It might be. Um, yeah, it just never really. I never really... I, I mean, I didn't care about most of the characters, um, which is not really... 
it's not the play's fault for that because I mean I think you enjoyed the character. It's just for me personally, yeah. I didn't really care about them. Um, and I just feel like this this story just didn't really interest me. I think it's also something where I felt like I'd heard this story before. And the thing is, I feel like that's kind of the idea. It's supposed to feel like this dark fairy tale like one of those things you sort of hear yeah in childhood it's, it is thing. a sort of familiar um, thing i mean it even sort of uh notes on that near the end doesn't it, it um well i mean it, it does reference beauty and the beast uh i wasn't in, sort in of there, saying but... that but i mean it does sort of kind of reference the idea of um this story like being told continuously sort of thing at the end yes yeah yeah, yeah um, absolutely Obviously, you won't know what I'm talking about unless you've seen the play, but... <laughs> yeah, so um, it, it, it does it does have that sort of dark fairy tale. I was also thinking, though, it also has that sort of feel of a, a panto as well about it. Um, it? I don't know. I didn't really feel like that, to be honest. Mm, I did, with, like, the wicked and the, you know... I don't know, there's a type of feel with pantos that I just didn't really get from that. I get where you're coming from story-wise, um, especially because a lot of pantos do uh, have the like fairy tale kind of thing, don't they? But for me, like there is a very specific feel to a panto that I just didn't feel with that. Um, and not like the stereotypical, like, oh, you know, here's behind you. Not that, I mean, there is just a feel to it that I didn't really get from but yeah um the thing is i don't want to say i was dis i was disappointed that i didn't like it more um but i wasn't disappointed in the play itself so yeah it's just a bit of an odd one and i i don't really know much else to say about it or to really sort of give you an idea as to where that thought process comes from for me but um yeah yeah i, I, mean, I still think it's definitely worth watching if you think that sounds interesting, something you'd enjoy. Definitely give it a go. Yeah, because I think, um, you know, it, it it's beautifully done. It um, is. I, I should say, I should say, the uh, music is is great. The songs are great. The um, the puppet work that is done is brilliant. Um, all the actors are fantastic. Um, and I, say, I will say the one character I did really like watching was obviously the clown. Um, yes. He he was he was great. I mean, they were all great though. Brilliant, brilliant work. Um, it looks fantastic as well. Like the sets and the, um, how it's all done. Like you know, it's, the choreography and everything. Brilliantly done. Yeah. Um. I would say it's very dark as well. So and and also um, it can be quite sort of uh, you know, rude as well. Yes, so, it is quite yeah. rude. It is quite rude. Um. Yeah, I feel like it, it sometimes feels like a, a very rude adult play underneath something that sometimes feels almost sort of childish in its... Yeah. You know, so it's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, no, that... I love it, because it is, it is just definitely something that's a very modern sort of, um, you know... Uh, take on a on fairy tales as well. Yeah, sort of like Grimm's yeah. fairy tales kind of yeah. thing. Kind of feels yeah, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably gonna watch it again. 
probably quite a few times actually. So because we've got this season, I, I would like to watch it again. See if it, if I change my mind in any way. If I see something different, because obviously I do watch things again, and sometimes find something else. And so oh, yeah. same, yeah, same. I mean, I'm still trying to um, to get to grips with uh, oh, what's it called, Barton Fink. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I haven't watched that. You've watched it a couple of times. And I've watched it several times because I never really liked it. But mm. yeah, anyway. Sorry. I do want to watch it, but yeah, back, anyway. Back onto the, um, the theatre. So, yeah, so I mean, obviously we haven't watched any of the other productions as yet, but very much looking forward to those. Also, um, so there is obviously the London Old Vic, Yes, the London Old Vic. Yeah, which um, actually, uh, was it, I think it was last year, wasn't it? Uh, last year, the 200th anniversary or the year before? I I, it was one anyway. year. Are you talking about when we went to see... Seawall. Seawall, yes, with uh, Andrew Scott. Yeah. Which was on um That YouTube. must be the year before last, because last year we wouldn't have been able to do it, would we? Yeah, I, I think they put it on YouTube, didn't they? They did. Um... It's not on there anymore, I should say. So no, but you can actually um, watch it online. It is always available. Oh, okay. Um, cool. To to buy, it's it's like five pounds, and I would say it's well worth. It is so worth it. So to sort of give a bit of a background to this one, so um, Seawall uh, was. They say that it was written for. It was written for Andrew Scott, Scott yeah. yeah. Who we love. I mean, you obviously might know Andrew Scott from Sherlock. He does tend to have, like, plays written for him, yeah. so... Um, you might know Andrew Scott from, like, Sherlock and... Yeah, he's um, Moriarty. Moriarty, yeah. Um, uh, there's a few other things. I mean, there's other films in... Oh, uh, well, most recently, there's uh, that adaption on BBC of... Um, you know, the pull, uh, what are they called? Oh, subtle his Dark Material. Dark Material, yeah, he's in the Subtle Knife series, I believe, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, the second series of that. That's right, we haven't seen that. Though. We haven't seen that. I mean, he is Hot Priest. Hot yes. Hot Priest. Hot Priest, yeah. Hot Priest. Um, well, my, no, I think In Fleabag. In Fleabag, yeah. Yeah, so... Which is great as well. Um, and that is uh, a bit similar in the fact it's... Uh, one person show originally. Yeah, yeah, originally that was a one person show, and that was a uh, monologue uh, basically, wasn't it? It's yeah, quite, exactly. Uh, yeah, and this is the same thing with um, Seawall. Totally different things. Yeah. Um, we we saw Fleabag in the cinema actually. The the one woman show, uh, you know. We did show. yes, as as part of the National Theatre um, Live exactly. season. Anyway, so talking about uh, Seawall, um, we went up. <laughs> to London to see that. So so bear in mind that it's like um I think it's like a six hour round trip to get you know there and back. To get to get to the theatre and back. Yeah because because also like, when we when we sort of say to us we're also um when we're saying sorry like the six hours we're also talking about trying to get to the theatre after we've driven up to London. Yeah so on the underground. On anyway, the underground. bearing in mind seawall is a production that lasts half an hour. Yes. So, <laughs> that was... It sounds quite crazy when you say it, but it was... It was for... It was... The best experience, wasn't it? it? W- yeah, it was well worth it because, I mean, it's been performed not very many times. No. Um, and... Well, it's... just that feeling of being in that theatre with and them and experiencing... Yeah, experiencing those emotions 
because it's a very emotional uh, monologue. It is an incredibly emotional monologue. Um, um, brilliantly written and brilliantly mm, performed. Set around a certain specific event that happens, and Andrew Scott is amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, he, I mean, it's... he's just incredible. I mean, you know, he can he can spin the dialogue, and honestly, it's. It do- it doesn't feel like it's been written. It feels like he is just yeah. It feels come like out here and started talking about his life. You know. Yeah, it it feels like he's just remembering and it. You know how people cut from one thing to another. But I mean, we should obviously also talk because recently, um, they've been doing the Three Crowns, the new new one. Uh, Three Kings. Three Kings, sorry. Yeah, not yeah, three yeah. Crowns. So, so um, so the old money. <laughs> so again, Three Kings, um. I, I've got a feeling this was also written for Andrew Scott. Yes, I think they said it was, didn't they? It yeah. might not have been, but um, we could be wrong. Um, but obviously, okay, so we didn't have a chance to go up and see him in person, unfortunately, because obviously it was during the coronavirus and everything. Yeah, and um, um, so, so, I mean, this was specifically um, done for streaming from home. During yes. The, now, this lockdown. was on Zoom, which is not our favourite way of watching things. Yeah, <laughs> because obviously the theatres have been struggling this year a lot because, you know, there's not much, um, you know, uh, effort goes into protecting our theatres from uh, governmental side, really. Mm. Um, you know, sorry to bring politics into it and everything, but, you know, it's it's a really important thing. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, so yeah, so Three Kings was one of these things, and yeah, so they they do it on Zoom. I yeah, as you were saying, that's not one of our favourite things. No, especially because we just don't have the best internet for that. It works a bit better on other services. I find it's just a bit difficult to. It just there's you encounter some problems. I know quite a few people encountered problems, uh, more recent the recent one because we've watched this twice now. Um, yeah. The recent one, I know a lot of people were encountering problems with the broadcast of it. But getting away from that, it was really good. And again, very emotional. And again, to do with... Well, both of them are to do with... Um, family. Family. Mm. And also loss to a certain extent as well. And Yeah. Um, they're very different. Very different monologues. But so, so good. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And Three Kings is so clever. Yeah, it is. Okay, so yeah, so um, basically, um, I was just having a little look just to see where you could get the um, seawall. So seawallandrewscott.com um, is where you can actually watch seawall. It's from uh, $5 apparently, um, and English and Russian subtitles available as well. Um, so that is just so worth a watch. Um, and the Three Kings... Um, don't think there's any plans for it at the moment, but I would not be surprised to see it um, being Return. shown again. Yeah, yeah. probably because, next mean, year or even maybe the end. We of We should say actually the original run was um, it was live, so we were actually watching Andrew Scott doing it live, and 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 basically it it was postponed um, because he wasn't very well initially. Um, so yeah, so I mean that that was an incredible experience because you're yeah. actually watching him performing it live. So it's as close to the to actual live theater as you could possibly get without yeah. actually being live theater. Um, and obviously we don't want to say too much about either of them because I feel like you really do want to go in blind. I'm not sort you of do. like talking because 
you know, I say spoilers, but it's like, these are experiences. And they're also, they're very short. It's half an hour for Seawall and an hour for Three Kings. Exactly. So, you know, you don't really want to be told I mean, anything we, that happens. Yeah, I mean, I went into, I went into them blind. I think you went into them blind, didn't you? Did you know about... Yeah, no, I didn't really yeah. know what we were getting into. Exactly. Just, and they're just... Because they're, we just love um, Andrew Scott, don't we? Exactly. You know, anyway. I mean, we met him. So, you know, that was fun. Well, yeah, that was, um, that was really fun. <laughs> nice, nice guy. Nice he guy. is such a nice person. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, they are experiences. So, I wouldn't want to, obviously, ruin that for anyone. Yeah, basically. Living it is, is you know, great. Exactly. Um, so, okay, let's move on then to Shakespeare. Yes. Obviously, like, you know, one of the biggest playwriters, um, obviously... Ever. Ever, yeah. Back it, back it, back in the past. Yeah. I mean, well, there's a reason why he's still, um, you know, why, why the plays are still being put on and, and adapted. I mean, you know, obviously, um, Taming the Truth, Ten Things I Hate About You. Um, you know, there's, exactly. there's, there's yeah. a reason why he's so still so popular is because, um, you know, he, he does speak very well, you know, of the human condition. I think a lot of the time people um, find Shakespeare, I, I think people before they see Shakespeare live sometimes think, oh, he's a bit stuffy, a bit, you know, because it's obviously not the English language we know. Um, it's, you know, very, very different. Um, and obviously a lot of people were forced to read his plays in school and that didn't really help. Yeah, I mean, it can be quite daunting. I think, um, like, certainly, um, I mean, obviously I took you when you were very young. Yeah, I, I was really young when I went to see my first Shakespeare play, which was... It was Henry, Henry V, yeah, yeah, at the Globe. At the Globe. So, um, I mean, you know, talk about, <laughs> talk and when, and, about and throwing when, you in at the deep end. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we were when I, when we say I was young, I mean, I was like what? Um, you were about nine. Yeah, nine, eight, ten, some somewhere around there, wasn't I? Yeah, you were um, about nine. I so think. yeah, no, I was very little and loved it. I mean, I had a bit of difficulty, but um, yeah, because you got really upset at one point because you couldn't because basically they had the same actors playing um, both sides. Yeah, because Henry V, you know, obviously it's it's. Um, so I got a bit confused from which side was which. Yeah, and then I think someone. In it's the, it's two sides battling, so it's like yeah. the French, and then there's the, you know. Uh, and then I think someone in the nearest, wasn't there? Like, yeah, so who was watching it as well. Explained, I think, didn't they? Yeah, because basically, I mean, I wasn't really well versed in any of this, um, but you know, wanted to go to the Globe. Happened to be the last night of Henry V, actually, as well. Did it? Yeah. So everyone was like throwing roses on the stage at the end. It was, it yeah. was great. Um, yeah, but it was. But it was night. a it was a great experience for me because I absolutely yeah. loved it after that, and I think that's also what helped because we we did go and see more Shakespeare plays, and I think that helped greatly when it came to doing Shakespeare at school because I I read um, Macbeth, which I said in the first episode. Well, I I think I said that in the first episode yeah. was my favorite um, Shakespeare play. Yeah. Um. I've loved Macbeth since reading it at the uh, at school. Um, and I've seen quite a few versions of it now. Yeah. 
But I think, my, you know, so like with with other kids in your class doing Macbeth, um, didn't enjoy it or did enjoy it? Um, I mean, you know, it was, it was Shakespeare, so I think a lot of them were just like, oh, can we get over this and do, you know, not, you know. Um, I don't know, because I, I, I wasn't really, like, obviously interacting with very many people in the class, so I, you know. Yeah. So... But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that, um, you know, with, with all these things, it's not meant to be just taught in a classroom. No, exactly. Um, but like I, was, like I was saying before, so obviously I was saying, you know, a lot of people find it quite stuffy, quite, you know, oh, you know. And the thing is, Shakespeare is very funny. I mean, obviously he has his comedies, but yeah. they're also in a lot of, you know, all of his tragedies as well. Um, and also, he's quite rude. There's there's he, a lot of bawdy, yeah. you know, um, talk in a lot of his a lot of his plays. They're not Lots posh of at all. Sexual innuendo. They're not posh at all. Like I think a lot. Of, some people think, oh, you know, it's a bit posh, but you know, all the that language and everything. And the thing is, I think they are just a lot of fun. His plays. Yeah, and I think when they you also go as are well. really good as well because I mean, obviously, they tackle all sorts of different things. Like you know, obviously Macbeth. Uh, green persuasion and 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 being yeah. haunted by what you've done and, and and all that sort of stuff. It's it's great stuff. Exactly. And very memorable characters as well. Yeah, but obviously when you go to the theatre, um, you know actors are professionals who yes. are there not to make you feel stupid. Exactly, but, but to it's... draw you in and to make you understand. Th- and... This is. This is the thing as well. I mean, you've got to remember that this whole team of people, the actors, directors, everybody is... Um, and they they all do, you know, different versions of, of that play. They all try and bring something new to the to these plays. Yeah. Um, but they're always trying to make sure that we today can understand it and love it just as much as, you know, people would have... Back exactly. in the day, you know, they are trying for, for everyone, you know, for the people's benefit to try and, you know, I mean, sometimes that's uh, modernising certain things or, um, you know, it, it, I mean... Or I, using I, using your, your sort of physicality as well. Physicality. Also, I mean, a lot of the time they also <clears throat> use uh, modern day clothing sometimes. Yeah. Um, which works sometimes to sort of show, like, you know, if you... Uh, look at some people's clothes it's like you can sort of tell what that person is sometimes can't you yeah so it's sort of done like that um but you've got all sorts of things um but they also add a lot of things you know adding um different dimensions to the place like my favorite version of Macbeth is the Rory Kinnear one that, yeah. I, that I saw in cinema and it's so good because they add so much to to what's there um I love their interpretation of the witches um, yeah, they were fantastic, an and they were all so. Um, they had their own personalities, whereas witches can tend to be like. Um, obviously, there's three witches, um, and they can quite often just tend to be just you know kind of a lumped together. Yeah, they don't really have their own personalities, whereas the Rory Kinnear one really drew out their separate um, identities. Mm, exactly, exactly. Um, but I think it's interesting as well because obviously with um you know Shakespeare uh, like a lot of things we talk about with you know pop culture and everything this has been part of pop culture for you know it's it's 
you've seen all sorts of things that have been taken from Shakespeare and Shakespeare plays. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot, you know, it, it's like a lot of words and um, phrases. That, are, but also I think as well, I mean, you look at look at books, I mean, not only do we have a lot of retellings, of, you know, in books, I mean, you know, so many uh, different versions. I mean, they did, um, what year was it? They, they did, um, like, that version where they got, like, popular authors nowadays to do versions of, Shakespeare. Oh, so when the, you mean the Joe Nesbo Macbeth? Yeah, well, because they did a load of them, didn't that, they? That was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because they did, they did. They got different authors, and the cool thing about that was that they so for each play, um, and how it was, you know, how that, what sort of play that was, they'd get a different author. So it could be, and they'd um, adapt it into their own style, of into their own genre yeah, as well. Because genre, I mean, exactly. obviously, you had stuff like, um, obviously, uh, I think Romeo and Juliet was done as a sort of um, coming of age kind of thing, wasn't it? Kind of. I can't actually remember because yeah, yeah it's it's. Um, I do remember looking at it recently. Because it, it was it was several, several YA years ago. kind of thing. Um, yeah. Macbeth was a uh, crime. Oh, wasn't um wasn't a fellow set in space and it was Mallory Blackman. I don't know. I don't think it, so. if if. I know there is a if, lot of retelling, so so. I was gonna say, if that wasn't part of it, though, I am sure that Mallory Blackman did a retelling of Othello in space. Fair enough. Um, but I mean, you also have, you know, bringing it to Doctor Who. I mean, you can see a lot of elements, um, that have been taken from Shakespeare stuff. I mean, there's a particular episode where there's these two uh, characters, um who are kind of feel like the Macbeth thing, where you've got one who's goading the other. It's in Tomb of the Cybermen. If you've seen that story, you've got Kaftan and uh, Kleeg, I believe that's the two, um, and they kind of are like, you know, the uh, Macbeth and the uh, wife, because um, Kaftan, the woman, is like sort of trying to goad on... Um, clique to to do the bidding to to you know so you can kind of That's see those sort of things yeah, def- i mean i, I haven't I think actually they, watched all of tomb of the cyberman yeah I? so there's definitely i i think they probably took some inspiration from that definitely i would like that. say that that's definitely got to be the case for quite a few things i think yeah exactly you know because they are you know they're great stories a lot of the time and yeah i mean you know some of them do have like dodgy aspects and things like that but you of know. course i mean it was back in you know in the day so yeah. you know it's not going to be up to our you know but i think that's also cool because nowadays um it's interesting to see how they adapt taming of the shrew because obviously really it can be really problematic exactly but you know thought of it but but how you adapt it can make it really interesting. Exactly. So that, you know, that Still is Still really got something cool. to say, yeah. Mm. Um, so it's really cool for those people that are adapting them to find ways to update it and make sure that it's not, you know... Yeah. And I don't think, you know, I don't... Barely anything else really has that. I feel like, especially, like, you know, I think theatres really do that a lot where, because obviously they're doing the, uh, a lot of plays again and again, you know, bringing them back. Yeah. And especially with Shakespeare, I, I feel like they, they don't do that with a lot of other things. I know we have remakes and stuff, but, like, 
to actually take that same text and update it in different ways and yeah. and find different ways of telling the same story. Um, and to reflect different parts of our society. Because exactly. Because that's what they do very well. Well, one of my favourite um, Shakespeare experiences watching a play was when we went to see the uh, Julius Caesar one, wasn't it? Is it Julius Caesar? That was... F- yeah, Julius Caesar at the Bridge Theatre. That was amazingly done because it incorporated, like, you could become part of the rabble. Yeah, uh, so basically they have... Um, so with, with that one, we did go and see it at the cinema first, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, and then, and then we, we, went... we had to get tickets to go and see it because it was just too good. But um, So basically they have seating areas... But then um, on the ground, they can adapt the stage so bits of it move around and go up so people and down. Could actually, and... Yeah, so people could actually uh, stand almost like the, uh, or sit as well, almost like the globe where you can stand yeah. in the thing. But then, so you're actually near these people and they're But it's more interactive than the globe because... Yeah, because you're incorporating yeah. the actual people, you know, the people... Yeah, there so, there so the... basically, if you are on the ground in the Bridge Theatre and they're doing one of these productions where you are part of um, part of the production, basically, um, you'll be moved around, you get handed leaflets, the actors come through and move you out of the way and, and, and they'll sort of well, you know, address you particularly. Yeah, there's a particular part that I always remember where, you know, it's all sort of going off. There's like a particular moment that goes off and say all the crowd had to sort of move in and then move back. And, yeah, you and know, it's like, oh! Uh, and all that. Um, it's It's... It's not. It's such. It was such a good experience. It was really exciting, wasn't it? Because it was just like, yeah, you didn't really know what you were going to be asked to do, and you, you know, the, the stewards are obviously helping you to move around. But yeah, because I think there is an element of like danger just... to it a bit. Yeah, it? I think it feels. I think it feels especially cool because there is that sort of hint of like, oh my god, you know, what if this goes wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but also, I mean, you know, just this whole thing of being a part of production because I think most of us have like this sort of want to be, you know, in place. Well, I think the things. thing is, you've got this whole idea of actually being a part of that world because you, you, you've always felt sort of detached, haven't yeah. you? Um, and Whereas so to actually we're actually be... down there chanting, you know, cause, because you have to do the, that part of it as well. Yeah, you know, you're, chanting you're doing and the, stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Do it. Or whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> we, we got little flags as well, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, it was it was very much, it felt very much like um, a MAGA rally, didn't it? Yes. And so Look, stop Magas... bloody bringing into <laughs> politics. I'm sorry, I can't help it. That, I mean, look, I'm sorry, but that is an inherently political play. It is an inherently political play. You cannot avoid play. politics. I mean, yeah. it was very much... I mean, I think that was around. kind of the point that they were sort of bringing up, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so you thought I I could only slightly get into Doctor Who in this episode. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you now, there is a there was, I should say, there was a play of Doctor Who, a musical in fact. I can't believe this. I I I'm I will sad always I will always find a way to fit in Doctor Who in this in this show. So, um if you're a particularly big Doctor Who fan, then you probably know this. 
Um, I mean, I think it's one of those things that's I've slightly, got no clue. slightly less known, unless you're obviously around in like the eighties. Um, I mean, you were, but it, and you were a big fan of Doctor Who at the time. Then you might have seen this. So, Doctor Who and the Ultimate Adventure was a nineteen eighty nine. Play and musical as well. There were musical numbers. No, the Doctor did not sing. Although, obviously, Big Finish... Sad. Uh, Big Finish sorted that out with Doctor Who and the Pirates, which I have not listened to, but, um, yeah, I hear that the Doctor does sing in that one. So, anyway, um, The Ultimate Adventure was, uh, began, premiered in 23rd of March, 1989, um, and then went through until 19, 19th of August that same year. Yeah. Um... So it started out, the, the first run began with John Pertwee. Right. As the Doctor, um, which must have been amazing because obviously... That must that have was, been so cool. Yeah, and really weird. Uh, there are quite a few little tidbits about about that run. So there um, there was a time apparently where he... I, I think it might have been his first night where he went on stage um, and he just sort of froze... And then just sort of said, I'm ill, um, sorry, can't do this play, basically. That's not the exact words, but so he just went off again. Uh, but when he was able to do it, there was a time where the console, because they had all these different things made for it. So the, there was a TARDIS console that was put on the stage. Oh, my God. And the TARDIS console was fixed with some moorings. And one night... The TARDIS actually broke free of it more of its moorings, <laughs> flew around the stage, um, and so obviously John. This was John Pertwee's time. Um, he had to he in character, you know, chased around uh, saying, "Come back, old old girl, or whatever." Um, wow! So that must have been brilliant. Um, so, but, so, so if I had a TARDIS, I'd want to go back to that night. That would be a lot of fun. To watch it, because that um, would be great, yeah. Yeah, because obviously, unfortunately, uh, no one, like, they wasn't officially recorded. Oh, um, that's a shame. Yes. There there's, are, got to be a, there's got to be a recording of it. Um, there, I was just about to get into it. Hang on, hang on. So there are there are fan recordings of it who, who tried to record it, obviously weren't supposed to. Yeah. But obviously, because it's uh, 1989... The recordings aren't particularly great because it's obviously very, you know. Um, I was going to say we didn't. They're have home our recordings, then, yeah. Did we? Yeah, they're bulky home it's recorders. Like they, sort of <laughs> they've smuggled in a cine cam with. Like, yeah, it's quite wheels. impressive, honestly, <laughs> that they managed to sneak one That's in. That's amazing. Yeah, but honestly, though, I think that most um, most stage plays have actually been recorded, and they're like in the bowels of the Victorian Albert Museum or something. Yeah, you know, you can actually go and get a lot of these things yeah. that that have, have thought to have been lost to the history. Yeah. So anyway, um, there was also so after Pertwee, who didn't have uh, uh, a large amount of time. Uh, David Banks, who has obviously played the cyber leader for those people who are in the know about, you know, cyber stories and everything. Um, David Banks was actually a uh, understudy um, and would, and then obviously became known as the Greenpeace Doctor because of the top he wore. Because uh, he became the Doctor for a little while. He was also so... so hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. This is the Greenpeace Doctor because of the top he wore. What was it, like CND? 
I don't know. I just know he was known as the Greenpeace Doctor because of the top. I'm guessing it I had something to do. I need to research this. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. this is interesting. Okay, yeah, carry on. So anyway, so he was an understudy during, I think, both John Pertwee and Conbaker, but it could be wrong there. But he did briefly become the actual Doctor for the play after John Pertwee left for a little bit. Um, and then, obviously, Colin Baker took yeah. up the mantle. Um and so then he, he was doing it. And then, uh, so they had new companions. There was a French revolutionary guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. And then there was also a singer who sung most of the songs. Uh, also, sorry, David Banks also played a uh, a bad guy. Another bad guy. Not Cyberman. Um, but he did play another bad guy um, in it. Um, so, yeah, it was, and it was basically a team up before Doomsday of the Daleks and Cybermen. Wow. Okay, that that sounds like a lot of fun. Yes. It would be lovely was to... Was it well-received or...? I think, yeah. I, I think we're, I, I think it was a lot of fun for, like, the children to go and see it because, obviously, you know, it incorporated the Daleks and Cybermen and there was... Uh, it was quite funny, apparently. And it was written by... Um, oh, God, I should have written his name down. Terence Dix, uh, who was obviously one of the big writers of Doctor Who. Um... So, yeah, but it was apparently a lot of fun. Really stupid, but a lot of fun. There is actually a big Finnish adaptation of it uh, where they basically did it for uh, Colin Baker, recorded it again. Uh, so you c- can listen to the story. I-, I think it's been changed so that, obviously, because it's not a um, play. It's not a stage play. No, so, it's yeah, been, so you've yeah. Got to, you've got to hear the... Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously going to be slightly different, but I would love to listen to it just to see how it is. Oh, Apparently, yeah, I think it was. That. I think it was quite fun. There was also a little animal thing called Zog that they had as well, um, that tagged along. Excellent. That yes. sounds great. Yes. That sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, Doctor Who did meet William Shakespeare. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Are we going to say the less about that the better? Well, it's not a terrible episode, but it's just, you know, not particularly great. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, that's, I think that does it for our episode. It does. Although we didn't get to Andrew Scott being in Shakespeare. No, <laughs> we didn't talk about his version of Hamlet, did we? No. Yeah, well, we're, we're sort of pushing for time now, so I think we're going to sort of put, yeah. um, yeah, we're going to sort of wind it up now, wind it down now, sorry. Okay, so I am just going to, Quickly, um, just go through a few few things. So, Bristol Old Vic, as I mentioned already, so, you know, I I don't need to go over that again. Old Vic itself has several different productions that are still, I believe you can still get tickets for them. Lungs, A Christmas Carol, and Faith Healer. A Christmas Carol actually has um, Andrew... What's his name? The one who's in Walking Dead. Anyway, oh, is so it Lincoln? That's it, Andrew Lincoln in it, Walking Dead guy. He the is Walking playing, Dead guy. He is playing Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. So hopefully not a Walking Dead guy in that. Um, and lungs. So that's Matt Smith and Claire Foy. So two no, from the Crown. Uh, Faith Healer. I can't remember who's in that, but again, these are all sort of big name productions. So you know well worth having a look um and then we've got the haunting of alice bowles which is 
something I so this runs from the 17th of December to 28th of February you can get a ticket for this and it's originaltheatreonline.com um and so then, yeah if you wanna if you wanna watch that obviously we're gonna watch that aren't we we are gonna watch that Dick Whittington is gonna be streaming on YouTube at Christmas from the National Theatre so I'm very excited about that because that's the panto fix getting there um and so National Theatre um who were doing as I said National Theatre Live in the cinemas they're actually doing National Theatre at Home, which is a streaming service which you can buy. It's a bit pricey, it's £100 for a year, but I think it's worth it. Because yes. they're going to be bringing in more. And, you know, we have seen so many amazing productions for National Theatre exactly. Live. So to be able to watch them at home again would be brilliant. And also Sky Arts are also going to be showing a lot of... Um, I think... Sky Arts is really good, actually. For Sky Arts stuff. is going to be free, I think, um, or is free now, and and they're basically they're going to be showing a lot of um, theatre productions on that, and and BBC iPlayer also BBC they're going to be um, working in conjunction with National Theatre, as I understand it, and running a lot of things on there. Okay, so, cool. That's that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> So yeah, if you sorry, want to get your info dump you yeah. on that one. But, but if you want to get your theatre fixed, then you've got all of that to uh, hopefully uh, get get stuck into. I'm excited because I think that this year has been really terrible for theatres, but it has made them think more about accessibility. Yeah. Which you know is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay then, um, so obviously, like I say at the end of every episode, you can reach us on Twitter at BlatheringPod for uh, updates and also to give us ideas or, you know, anything, you can reach us there. Yeah, I'm going to try and get on there this, this weekend just to update with all the links to everything, but yes. seriously, I'm going into a lot of stuff here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, obviously I haven't done links, so uh, Mum can do that because you, you've got all of the stuff on yeah, your Yeah, I know where it all so. is. Yes. Um, obviously, you can also reach us uh, on the Anchor app. There is a common feature on that, so if you want to reach us on there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's about it. The next episode is not going to be for a little while now. Uh, we're not going to update quite as quickly. Um, that'll be a bit nearer Christmas. Yes. Uh, don't know when exactly, but um, I will no, update you well, on Twitter. We are going to probably be watching some... Um, bit more theatre hopefully for this as well because there's ghost stories and haunted houses is the next one exactly um so yeah that's going to be exciting and I we'll can't probably wait for that one. do some more books for that one yeah because well. we haven't really done too much about books so that's that's yeah but that one should get more bookish because there is a few things i want to talk about and i'm actually reading something for that i will not say what it is but i'm reading something for that so yeah yes exciting and I will be reading something for that yes the same same thing yeah Okay then, um, yeah, goodbye. Hope to see you... Goodbye, goodbye. Brilliant. Um, hope to see you next time. Um, yeah. yeah. Bye. Bye.